Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. We did, but honestly, I was left with more questions than answers, Tony. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. And I'm Michael Costa, comedian from The Daily Show. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1. Our F1 102, if you will. And get all of the answers. All of them? Listen to Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali in 1988, and surprisingly, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story, and also stories of others touched by the champ. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Julian Edelman from Games With Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time with the players and coaches who lived in them. Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Or what about the, the after parties? We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games With Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, guys, welcome right back here on the grid on the sports grid. That is right. Kevin Walsh and George Kurtz with you guys here for in-game live. Hour one is down. We are all set to go here for hour number two. We have you guys set uh, for Nets Wizards. Uh, we're looking uh, at an over, hopefully, for that game, even though it looks like people are starting to maybe bet this under as the game gets closer. Nah, so be it. Uh, I still think there's going to be points in that one. We got you guys set up uh, for Arizona uh, against Nashville over on the ice. Maybe Nashville is a good play there. Taylor Hall. Uh, for a point is something that George was talking about. And then we've also got some baseball here as well. And uh, we had uh, a couple of winners, actually, that we were fortunate enough to see uh, in the early goings of this show. Um, not, look, not great analysis, just uh, a hope and a prayer. No runs in the first for Rays Orioles, no runs in the first uh, for Mets Braves. Both came home. And it begs the question, George, no runs in the first for White Sox Royals? Oh, God, no. No, 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 no. I wouldn't if I were you. I think, I think yeah, uh, yeah, if yeah. you take your two games, you won it, you, you'd you be very happy here. But uh, as in Robert or Jimenez hitting a home run, the first thing wouldn't shock me at all. We do have a run finally today. It only took an hour, but okay. uh, Renato Nunez did hit a home run for Baltimore to make it one nothing. Orioles, uh, bottom three here. They do have a runner on first base with two outs. So, uh, I don't know. What's that a sign of things to come? It's going to be a low-scoring day here. Still no score in Atlanta for the Mets here. The Mets keep getting runners on base, but they can't drive them in. And I think realistically, like if I were to play this game, no runs in the first, then I really actually, I think, need to then uh, pony up and play it in every single game today. If I, if I did it again, that's what I think what I would need to do, George, and I'm absolutely not ready to, to be doing that. I think that's when I would start to... Uh, Oh, that would be that would be a lot. That'd be a lot. What game could you do it? I mean, listen, if Cincinnati Detroit ever got started, I would, I would give it a shot there. 
Right mm-hmm. now, I see. Yeah, it's got game when it started. Do we have any weather updates there, George, at all that you've seen? Let's see if they uh, they have anything there as far as the tarp still on the field. I did uh, when I was watching the MLB Network. They did have uh, guys warming up, but I couldn't tell if that was now or earlier. But guys were throwing the baseball there. But it, um, uh, well, I can tell you on the Reds broadcast, they're showing poker, and oh, someone's got a top pair of kings. So it's uh, oh, uh, looking good. Well, I don't know. Twenty six minutes ago, the Reds Twitter account said uh, it's supposed to begin around two fifteen. Um, That's a fan so, as well, 2.15. Yeah, so assuming it doesn't move, uh, we'll expect a 2.15 start there. There's a couple of games that are actually supposed to be starting around that time, George. Uh, so let's get into them, see if anything jumps out. Maybe it won't, maybe it will. We'll start right there. Reds, Tigers, minus 154. Desclafani, uh is on the mound. 7.5 is the total. Might sound low. Seven-inning baseball game, George. Uh, what are we doing here with this one? It does sound low, and like you said, uh, that's a key thing you said there, by the way. This is a seven-inning baseball game. We have to remember this. I always forgot until you just brought it up. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, but then I, even at seven and a half for a nine-inning game, I wasn't all thrilled, all that thrilled about this. You're playing in Detroit. It's a pitcher's ballpark with lousy weather. It does sound like a day for the pitchers here. I'm not taking the under, mind you, because uh, I, I, I don't have any feel for this. I don't, I don't want to watch this game. I'm angry at the Reds, as you know. Uh, Reds, Red Sox, anything Red Knit is pretty much uh, on my hate list right now. They just have, have not worked out for me at all. I'm not going to touch this game. I might feel different if Trevor Bauer is going the second game, which I don't think they've confirmed yet for some reason. Uh, San, uh, the, the Reds, I don't know why they haven't confirmed Trevor Bauer uh, for the second game yet or if there's going to be a second game. But I'm more interested in that, especially if uh, I would look at the strikeout total as well. And we have a, oh, I thought we had a home run in Atlanta. Instead, we're going to have a double here. A second and third, nobody out for the Braves. All right. That'll uh, be one for us to follow there, no doubt about it. Uh, what about Indians wins here? This is the game four of a four-game set. All first three games, easy under. 2-0, 4-1, 3-0. we finally get some runs here in this series? I would think with these bats, there's there's got to be something, but you know what? I would have thought that in probably the three other games as well, George. Um, is it maybe then just to stay away because you don't want to jump in front of uh, and a streak here? Well, this is one of those games. I mean, you're not getting one of the big three for Cleveland, right? You're not getting Clevenger. You're not getting Beaver. You're not getting Carrasco. It's Savali, who's solid, but he's not one of the big three. The Twins are going the opener route. Tyler Clippard starting the game. I think it's, it's T. Clippard. I assume it's Tyler Clippard. Uh, that sounds like runs to me. You know, that sounds like cha-ching. So uh, nine and a half. Once again, I'm surprised it's not a little higher. Oh my God, the Mets just screwed up a rundown. The Mets are awful. I mean, they're they're just a train wreck, boys and girls. Yeah. I mean, it was runs on second and third, a ground ball to McNeil. He had to run a dead to rights at home plate, but he threw the ball to the catcher too soon. Which is the runner got back to third. So now instead of oh God, it's bases loaded, nobody out. The Mets said defense. Mets bad, just bad. bad. Uh, I mean that that's just awful. That that little league play that you got to run at the base runner. Come on, we're always we're always taught that run at him. Uh, anyway, not good. Back to the uh, clear. I, I kind of like this over here, uh, nine and a half. I am going to have something on it. Well, it's not going to be major. I don't love it, and uh, but I think I'm going to have some, something on it. We know the Twins can hit, right? The Twins are going to score runs, and I just need the Cleveland Indians to score a few runs. You know, three once yeah. again. It's sort of like the White Sox Royals game. Uh, three three runs, four, four, and I, I'm going to count this as a win. Three, and I think I'm going to win this because I think, once again, it's going to be Minnesota that scores more off you than you off them. So uh, I'm liking this over as well. Not so much the game. 
Yeah, I think the over is the way to go. I think you're looking at a spot here where um, I think you're looking at a spot where the numbers right now are reflective of what's happened the first three games of the series, and that's understandable. But look, baseball is never uniform, and things always will shift drastically because pitchers change day to day. And I know Savali was really good in his first start because he really was uh, very good. Uh, the nine strikeouts and the six innings pitched uh, was impressive, no doubt about it. But Tyler Clippard, and again, still against a volley against this Twins lineup, I totally agree. I actually quite like the nine and a half there, George. I think it's a very nice, uh, a very, very nice play. One other game in this two o'clock stretch that I want to make sure we get in is uh, Pirates Cubs. Lester's on the mound, minus 188. You've mentioned no Chris Bryant today for the Cubs, a total of nine uh, in this game. Minus 188. This is a, a, it's a big move. Minus 188. On the money line, plus one sixteen, minus one and a half. Just for perspective, right? A minus like one twenty, or think about it like this. So here are the Padres at minus one twelve, right? Just below it are your money line favorites. Minus one and a half is plus one eighteen. Why the Cubs, George, letting a run and a half go to that big of a plus price is a little off putting to me. Oh yeah, Pirates are a bad team. We know that. Not very good. I mean, Lester may still get a bump here. I also think it's because it's the Cubs. A lot of Cub fans out there. So they, you know, they juice the price up a little bit there. Uh, listen, John Lester is not the pitcher he used to be. You know, he's, he's, he's a name guy now more than anything else here. So uh, I don't love this. Once again, this is another one where I, I kind of lean towards the over here. Again, I'm not going to do it, but I kind of lean towards the over here. I think, I think the Cubs are going to win the game. Because, listen, Pirates are a bad team, but I'm not laying 188. That's not happening. Uh, if you could, I could certainly be convinced on the run line, plus 116. I kind of like that to win by two. I think they could certainly take care of business there. But uh, I don't know. I, do you ever have just feelings? Where you just, I, I'm just not feeling it. I'm just not feeling it today with uh, the Cubs here. So I don't think I'm going to bet this game at all. And we almost had a grand slam in Atlanta. But, uh, no, it went just foul here. Uh, so, it is, so, by the way, the Braves did score a run. They uh, Peterson walked in a run. Yeah, that, that live line is locked right now. Um, we will keep tabs there. Can't even believe I'm going to say this. I could convince myself to buy back maybe on the Mets, though. Um, we'll see the damage at the end of this inning. Basically, really nobody out. A lot of it. That's what I'm saying. Like, we'll, we'll, we'll see the damage at the end of the inning. Maybe it'll just be a live over. But the Mets have had runners looking dangerous all day. Um, so... We'll see kind of what happens um, in that run. And you also mentioned before the Orioles got the run. I, I mean, like it's plus 106 for the Rays to not get swept by the Orioles. I don't know how else to phrase it. Once again, if I didn't have money on the Rays already, I'd be on it. I would be. They just hit a yeah. ball to the wall, by the way, but it didn't get out. It was caught. Uh, but right now, you know, I joked earlier how Jason Collette, uh, Rotowire, uh, said that, uh, you know, the Rays offense has opted out. Well, he's not wrong. Because once again, we're in the fourth inning here against Baltimore, and they have no runs. I mean, it's getting frustrating now with the uh, the Rays. Last you know, last weekend I was frustrated with the Reds. Now the Rays. I mean, come on, this is Baltimore we're talking about here. How are you not scoring against this team? You know, and for, pretty much not threatening against this team from what I've watched. Every time there's nobody out, there's nobody on base. There's nothing going on here. So uh, they're making me angry again. I mean, if they lose this that. game. If they lose this game, they go to four and six, and the Orioles go to five and three. 
What? It's not just that. They go to four and six. And remember, they're chasing the Yankees. And they think they're going to be a chance to win the American League East. They'll be, what, three, four games behind the Yankees already. Now, they do have a big yeah. four-game series next weekend. Uh, Fridays, I think it's during the Saturday show, that we have Yankees and uh, Rays have a doubleheader. Lovely how Major League Baseball decides this, by the way. Why would you want two teams that are battling that you expect to be battling for a division title to play seven inning doubleheaders out of nowhere? That wasn't that was not it's a schedule. Well, why is that doing schedule? It it's not scheduled. It wasn't scheduled, I should say. They're doing this to make up one of the games the Yankees missed uh, to get the Philadelphia series in. They were two and two. It, it's it's weird how they're going about it. You know, yeah. where the Yankees, I think, and Rays were originally scheduled to play Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Well, now they're going to have that Yankees and Phillies play on the Thursday. And make up that game with the Rays as far as, as far as a doubleheader, and this get, means the Yankees are only down one game. But why you would want to make it a doubleheader when you're making it a farce doubleheader of seven innings? Uh, once again, I'm, I'm not. I don't want to rail against this. Uh, I want to embrace the weirdness of the season, which is what it is. This is not a season to me. This is entertainment. These are games. It's a. As I said, it's a farce. But uh, I don't think baseball thinks. If anything, make the Yankees and Phillies a doubleheader. Those games don't mean as much. They're in different leagues. You don't make the Yankees and Rays teams in the same division a double play. Like I said, to me, the logic just always goes out the the window with baseball. By the way, Peterson did a pretty good job with the bases loaded, nobody out. He got out of it. Only 2-0 uh, Atlanta. They scored a run on a Freeman fielder's choice. Yeah, look, I think you take that, um, all things considered. And let me just pull up the box score. Of game. Like, the Mets, Mets have had three hits. We know at one point they loaded the bases. You know, I know they had runners on second and third at one point in a, in a, in a different runners on for the as well. Like they're they're right now batting 0 for seven with runners in scoring position already in this game. They've left six runners on base. That's very bad, but it does show that they've been able to hit a little bit here. I I think plus two sixty. Yeah, I could see it. Do you maybe just go with the eight and a half though? I think the Mets are going to score, right? I should just assume they're also going to give up runs and then just take the over. Well, the Mets bullpen's been terrible, right? Anyway, you yeah. look at it. So they're going to give up runs. So if you think they're going to win, they probably have to score at least five. That makes five, four. It's nine right there. If you, if you, if you go in that direction, that's how I would use it logic-wise. I'm not going to uh, bet it because I think this is the opposite game where the teams aren't going to be able to score. Uh, all right, we're going to break. We come right back. More in-game live right here on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. Lily Herman, my co-host in season one, helped me choose a team, a driver, and then... Well, we sent you on your jolly way. Yeah. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. I'm Michael Costa, comedian, Daily Show correspondent. And we're back with season two, because as it turns out, F1's newest fan is still a little... Dazed and confused. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1 as we dive deeper into the rabbit hole of the pinnacle of motorsports. Who makes money here? What's CFD? How do you manage a tire? You, get back in there. What are the rumors? What's the gossip? But you also know that someone's listening to your radio. Uh, I'm going to pull up a picture of a tea cozy. I, I want to see what this thing looks like. Are you going to be doing that accent this whole pod? Listen to season two of Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. You find it. 
I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali back in 1988, and to my great surprise, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on family, spirituality, and on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ, including people such as Reverend Al Sharpton and James Buster Douglas. We'll even hear from Muhammad's daughter, Rashida. Well, my dad was, he was Peter Pan. Like, he never really grew up. He was very mature when it came down to social issues. He was very in tune. He felt a responsibility to be able to share his connection to millions of people who were in need. In each of these stories, we share lessons, lessons that have meant a great deal to me and that I hope will be meaningful to you. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Julian Edelman from Games with Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time. I'm talking Hall of Famers, MVPs, gold medalists. I absolutely hate the Colts, bro. This game, I swear, led to the Deflategate. Hey, guys, this ball's a little flat. <laughs> Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Julian walking around. I'm pretty sure he had his shirt off for reasons I'm not sure. He was saying, gotta believe. Oh, you gotta believe. From 18-1 with Eli. Are you calling Bill just a cheater? Is that what you're I'm saying right saying now? He's, you... he's looking for an advantage. The 2004 ALCS with big top. They ran socks in 2004, bounced back after the 3-0. In a winner chicken dinner, homie. The immaculate reception with Terry Bradshaw. Fired the ball. I hear the roar of the crowd. I never thought he caught the ball, but he did. We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, guys, right back here on Endgame Live on the great Kevin Walsh and George Kurtz. We are underway in the NBA, 11-2, early lead for the Wizards. They're up nine, then they've only moved to two-and-a-half-point favorites. It shows they still believe that Brooklyn's got some in them. Uh, a 227-and-a-half stat live total. Wizards are scoring. Nets aren't. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if the Brooklyn Nets can wake up a little bit. Uh, there, we are live as well uh, on the ice right now. Still no score, though. Very, very early, though, into that game. Uh, although the four and a half is now the total, but it's, I can already tell though, hockey totals are weird. And it, it seems like Fandle specifically, they don't, they seem like they always want to lay the hook and make you decide on juice as opposed to give you a flat like five in this case. Oh, you're right. You, it's rare you're going to see a flat number. All right. I mean, extremely rare. I don't know if I've seen one this year. I'm sure it's been there at times. I have no doubt it has, but I haven't seen it. Generally, you're, you're, they say they're going to lay the hook, you're going to lay the half. So either figure out what you want to do here. Uh, four and a half, I'd probably go the over here. Just because 3-2 is, is, low, is still a low-scoring hockey game. Uh, I think the reason why it went down is because Nashville did have a power play. They looked good on it, but so did Kemper. He looked like he was on his game in net for Arizona, where he was just uh, sliding to the right, reading the plays right. Didn't score, but Nashville had some good shots here. I think I would still take a shot on the over here. I did not take it. But at four and a half, I, I certainly lean that way. If I had the time, I might. Hmm. Yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to follow that one. Of course, that's what we're doing for you guys 
uh, all day. And then uh, over in baseball, we've got a number of games that are live for you guys right now. Five games total that are live. White Sox Royals, which that as well have a nothing nothing first inning. Well, you never um, get the nothing nothing in Cincinnati, by the way. Oh no! What do we got there? Reds have scored uh, two runs here. I'm trying to find out how it just happened, so it's not update. I didn't see it. I just see the uh, score flash up two nothing. So uh, it figures the one Reds Tiger game that I don't bet right now. They're going to score 19 runs, win 19 to one. You know, oh, <laughs> this is why I hate the Reds. Can't stand the Reds. Let me ask you a little quirk though, right? That game is in the first inning, correct? Yeah, just start. Literally, just started. So over two run home by Castellanos. It says it's in the third inning, and um, that's no, not a, It's not. It's not about a mistake. Do you think that that's purposely how they're listing it because of the oh, oh, oh. seven innings? I guess the reason why people look at it correctly now that oh you're still gonna have a ninth inning, that sort of thing, because people are gonna that's forget that's a seven inning ball game. I guess that is what it is. Yeah, you're pro- you're probably right. It's the only thing I can think of, uh, other than yeah. a mistake. Yeah, you're probably right. They're probably all right. The first and second inning never happened, which I guess is the way to look at it because managers are probably going to manage this game like the first and second inning never happened. You're going to bring in your relievers, you know, and what would be considered the sixth or seventh inning. Your closer is going to pitch the seventh inning, you know. So I think FanDuel's probably got it right here. I think that is the way to. Uh, I would would have thought about that, but I think they're uh, I think they're judging it correctly. Maybe once again, maybe that'll remind people as well. This is their way of, without putting it in big block letters, seven inning game. Yeah. That hey, this game is really—it's not the first inning; it really is the third inning when you consider it. So I like it. You know what though? That's that's tough for me. I, I just because if you're someone that knows, like it could throw you off. It, it could work the other way as well. Yes, right. Like, because now you might say, "Only four in the third inning." Right, only four innings left. Why would I not go and bet this over? I actually think, to be honest with you, if I were fan, I would leave it at the first inning and you'd put the onus on the better to know it's a seven-inning game as to where now you're trying to help someone that doesn't know and the person that does know will now might be punished for it. Because they know going yeah. into it it's a seven-inning game, but they're relying on your book to give them the time and score live, which people do. Interesting call, uh, something you're to follow. if you do or damned if you don't. Either way, you're going to yeah. upset people. This is basically the baseball anyway. Yeah, that's double headers. No, not into it. <laughs> I am I mean, interested I, 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 to I, I, see I, how it plays out. I'm interested to see how it plays out, and I and I don't I know if we'll really be able to take teams. anything definitive. But yeah, the Reds take both of us. Good teams, or at least good teams with healthy bullpens, because once again, you're going to be able to shorten these games. You know, yeah. and uh, it affects probably. More DFS and fantasy than really gambling because, you know, Garrett Cole, seven incomplete game. That's, that's major points there, right, A DFS league or, uh, once again, in, uh, in fantasy. So you, uh, I'm going to be looking at that. Seven double headers. when you have a, a, a top-notch starting pitcher, he has to be in your lineup. He has to be if you're playing DFS. So when you're looking uh, doing your lives there, you better look at it. So uh, Trevor Bauer pitching today for the Reds in the second half, if you're going to play that slate, I'd want Trevor, assuming Trevor Bauer starts, which I, for some reason I still can't get confirmed. Uh, I'd want I Trevor saw the Bauer Reds tweet out actually that he was starting, so we finally should have word that that is going to be Bauer for that game. Um, but yes, for some reason there was an odd, it wasn't Weird. listed. Was, I don't know what they were waiting for. 
He was supposed I to pitch know. yesterday, so he should be in the lineup today. So, uh, I mean, he should be in the line to start one of the, the two games today. And uh, I am going to – by the way, I'll say this again. If you're looking for a fun person to follow on Twitter, Bauer is it. He's entertaining. <laughs> he puts out he so is much, very I mean, it's, Some of the weird stuff, but, hey, it's fun. I'll take it. Yeah. I want to talk about not fun, though, is now us having to figure out not taking the Reds against the Tigers, them potentially winning, and then us having to decide about what to do with the second game of the doubleheader with Bauer on the map. Well, you know, it depends. I mean, other things go into doubleheaders as well. Generally, doubleheaders are split. By percentage, most times one team wins one, the other team wins the other. Just a lot of it works here. Uh, it doesn't work they just like separate games for whatever reason. But Bauer was the game I would have uh, favored them in more heavily. Right? Better pitcher. Right? And uh, I do want to take his uh, – I, I got to see what his over strikeout total is. But uh, I'm thinking about taking that as well. But, yeah, if the Reds score – 11 runs this game, you know, win 11-3, to three. I'm going to be a little wary. Oh, great, they got all the offense out in one game. Now they're not going to score the second game. That will certainly concern me. I've also heard – now, once again, I haven't been able to confirm this either. I'm looking to see if, uh, if it's on uh, the MLB page – that uh, the Tigers were going to start their prize prospect in one of these games, Casey oh. Mize. Uh, if Mize is starting, then I'm going to stay away. Uh, not because I think he's going to pitch yeah. a gem, but I think that he'll juice the team up. There's a lot of adrenaline flow in there, so I think I'll stay away for anything except props. Um, be Bauer props at that in the, the game here. I still I can't confirm or that or deny it either. But there were rumors yesterday, and the manager of uh, Detroit said you've got good sources, so he seemed to be confirming mm. it without confirming it. You know, playing yeah. that little game there. So I want to see if Casey Mines is indeed going to start this game. Right now, it's no though. Uh, according to uh, ESPN, it's still Bauer versus Norris. So I like that a lot more. Three forty. Well, it's not going to start three forty anymore. It'll be after the show's right. over. Probably more than five thirty. Yeah, so it'll be something um, for us to follow there, guys. Uh, be be cautious though as to who's starting that game, and uh, even just with a seven inning doubleheader, uh, be very careful as to how you play those games. No doubt about it. Um, let's see any scoring updates in baseball yet? Orioles, well, well, nothing. The, what do we got? Uh, uh, Braves took out right. Uh, first okay. and second, one out in the fourth inning. Uh, as we keep talking about every time, there's runners on base every inning for the Mets. He was at 75 pitches. I believe it's a pitch count thing, not an injury. Uh, but the fact mm-hmm. that, once again, every inning, there's people on bet, um, base for the Mets also played a part in this. Matzik is now in for the Braves. So it's Brandon Nemo up at the plate, 0-1, first and second, uh, one out for the Mets. We have a score in the hockey game, Arizona. The uh, Cardinals oh. have scored. Yeah, a little, little bit of an upset there, but it's still early there. Uh, but I think it was Ekman Larson from what I saw here there, top uh, offensive defenseman there, who potted the first goal of the series for the Coyotes. one nothing Coyotes with 12 minutes left in the first period there. It was Ekman Larson. So now the total is 5.5, even money to the over. I would say pretty much this is the first time. Minus 125 to the under. Not crazy juice if you wanted to play either side. The Freds who were favored coming into the game, George, are now plus 160. Are they offering you any value there that would maybe make you get in on this game? I don't mind it. Once again, this is a harder game because these two teams are pretty even. I think the Predators are the better team overall. And I didn't see the goal, so I don't know if it was the goalie's fault or what happened there. That's something I'd be concerned about because there's no doubt in my mind, Kev, that the Arizona Coyotes have the better goaltender in Kemper. And generally, yeah. you know, it's like uh, it's the equivalent in baseball. 
If one team has that top-notch starter, the other one doesn't, well, you like the top-notch starter almost always, blindly. Same thing in hockey. You know, when two teams, especially when they're even, or close to even in other areas, if one team has the obviously better goaltender, you're going to like that team. You know, so I, uh, with a quick early lead here, now Arizona can play their game, which is sort of like, once again, what are the Islanders like to do when they get an early league? Everything goes, everything filters the way they want it to go, the game to be played here. I kind of like the Coyotes. Plus, the Coyotes right now are on the power play, and they're all over the Predators right now trying to make it a two goal lead. Yeah, we will then, uh, we will keep tabs there, no doubt about it. And uh, that's the thing that, that I've certainly come to uh, understand about hockey, right? Is if you have the goalie advantage, you've got a shot at minimum. You got a, you got a good chance at minimum because they can truly win games on their own. It's the one sport where you can, I guess baseball, once you have the top-notch start, it's, it's, uh, that's what the equivalent is. You know, if, let's say if Garrett Cole is not letting up any hits that day and he's throwing the ball by everybody, you ain't going to win. You know, if a goaltender is not letting in any goals, I mean, yeah, you could have a zero-zero tie, but if he's not letting in any goals, if he's got that, you know, that plexiglass behind uh, behind him where nothing's going, he's just outstanding that day. And we see this a lot in hockey, especially in short series where a goaltender can take it, then uh, it's going to be very difficult to win that game. So, yeah, uh, the Coyotes, I wouldn't call it a huge advantage. It's not the Carey Price, Matt Murray, uh, Canadian Penguin advantage here, but it's an advantage. On a scale of 1 to 10, you'd probably give it – Seven to three, as far as an advantage, maybe six four if uh, Soros is playing well. And uh, in the NBA, sixteen fifteen, the Brooklyn Nets have now uh, put together a really nice run to come back, take the lead there. They now lay uh, that pregame number that they were laying three and a half. The totals lost about ten points on it uh, as the Wizards have now stopped scoring. So it's pretty much been an exchange of uh, I'll score, you score from these two teams. Uh, I still think there could be points in this game though. Um, I think both offenses could get a little bit more of a groove, but I'll wait. I'm not going to jump back in just yet on this total. Uh, we'll be patient. We'll see uh, how low that number might go before we want to jump in uh, on that one. But, you know, I, I also I forgot to let you guys know, I did quickly. I ended up pulling the trigger on the over 26.5 for Karis LeVert early. Got six points, three or four shooting. Um, it, they're going to need a big day from him if they're going to make this happen. And uh, one thing to know, as to why right now there's really no points in this game. And that's for shooting one of seven from three. The Wizards are shooting two of seven from three. Those are the kind of things that can uh, start to correct themselves a little bit, come back to the fold. So maybe the 230 is now already going to be out of reach because these teams have really uh, came out of the gates as poor as you possibly could. But could they wake up a little bit and start to put it together maybe in half number two? Yes, I'll be patient on it, but I will be looking for a live opportunity on this total no doubt about it. All right, we come back, uh, and I think we can also start to look at some other games that will be joining us later across all of the major sports. People right here on In Game Live. A lot more next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. Lily Herman, my co-host in season one, helped me choose a team. A driver, and then... Well, we sent you on your jolly way. Yeah. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. I'm Michael Costa, comedian, Daily Show correspondent. And we're back with season two, because as it turns out, F1's newest fan is still a little... Dazed. 
and confused. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1 as we dive deeper into the rabbit hole of the pinnacle of motorsports. Who makes money here? What's CFD? How do you manage a tire? You, get back in there. What are the rumors? What's the gossip? But you also know that someone's listening to your radio. Uh, I'm going to pull up a picture of a tea cozy. I want to see what this thing looks like. Are you going to be doing that accent this whole pod? Listen to season two of Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. You find it. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali back in 1988, and to my great surprise, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on family, spirituality, and on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ, including people such as Reverend Al Sharpton and James Buster Douglas. We'll even hear from Muhammad's daughter, Rashida. Well, my dad was, he was Peter Pan. Like, he never really grew up. He was very mature when it came down to social issues. He was very in tune. He felt a responsibility to be able to share his connection to millions of people who were in need. In each of these stories, we share lessons. Lessons that have meant a great deal to me and that I hope will be meaningful to you. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Julian Edelman from Games With Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time. I'm talking Hall of Famers, MVPs, gold medalists. I absolutely hate the Colts, bro. This game, I swear, led to the deflate gate. Hey, guys, this ball's a little flat. <laughs> Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Julian walking around. I'm pretty sure he had his shirt off for reasons I'm not sure. He was saying, gotta believe. Oh, you gotta believe. From 18-1 with Eli. You call him Bill just a cheater? Is that what you're I'm saying right saying now? He's, you... he's looking for an advantage. The 2004 ALCS with big top. It ran sucks in 2004, bounced back after the 3-0. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Homie. The immaculate reception with Terry Bradshaw. Fired the ball. I hear the roar of the crowd. I never thought he caught the ball, but he did. We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we are right back here on the grid in game live. Uh, we have a bit of a Yohannes Cespedes update for you guys, uh, where John Heyman reports uh, saying that he's heard the Mets have no reason to believe Yohannes' safety is at risk. Saying, so that appears to be a positive development. So then, do they know where he is? Like now, I'm just starting to get a little confused. When you say they have no reason to believe his safety is at risk, is that an educated guess? I, like, how does that? What do they have to back that that up? Well, see, this is what always bothers me about uh, when GMs or coaches, when they give these vague, this vague information back, because now we're left to speculate. What does that mean? Yeah. You like with, with the COVID stuff, when they, they'll tell you, well, he's unfit to play. Well, now we're speculating. He has COVID. He has the flu. He has a broken ankle. He's decapitated. You know, that sort of thing. Why, why do you want us to speculate rather than just tell us what it is? 
And it, stop, it stops it flat there. We'll say something about it. We'll talk about it. Then it'll be gone. You know, the next thing. I've never understood that because uh, you're right. Well, how do you know? How do you know he's okay? Did you talk to him? Doesn't sound like you did. Has the agent told you he's okay? Did a player see him? You know, what's going on here? Just say that. No, we spoke to his agent. The agent says it's fine. You know, granted, that could be a lie, too. I understand that. But that's how I, I, I just don't understand why everything has to be state secrets. It just seems silly to me how a lot of these teams, it's not just baseball, by the way. Football does it. Hockey does it. Basketball. Everybody does it. And it just seems silly to me that they want to keep everything so close to the vest. When you have 8,000 media members, someone's going to find out the truth eventually anyway. This doesn't make any uh, doesn't make much sense to me. Uh, Braves just scored home run, Johan Camargo. All right. So uh, right now, nothing uh, really seemed to be going the Mets' way uh, in that one. And, and it's just kind of uh, – you know what? i, I got to be honest with you. I said this going into the year, George. Um so, you know, I do the early line, of course, with Dane. And Dane's like, look, I, I, I like this Mets because I think they are I think they got an above-average lineup. I think they got an above-average staff. I think they got an above-average bullpen. And I disagreed on how maybe he viewed some of the some of that stuff. I said, but also, uh, Dane, i got to be honest with you, man. If you think that the Mets are not going to find a way to rip their fans' hearts out one more time before they change ownership, you just haven't been following the Mets. You just haven't. And they've not even played 10 games. Like today is game number ten, and they will have lost the game fourteen one. They will have blown an eight two lead. We've had a ninth inning home run given up by Edwin Diaz, where he's smiling as Marcelo Zuna rounds the bases. We've had Yoenis Cespedes get lost. We've had Jed Lowry get placed on the forty five day IL before obviously ever playing a game. Pete Alonso only has one home run since we've come back. Like Marcus Stroman tore his leg before ever making his first start. Jacob DeGrom had back tightness during an exhibition game. Still can't game 10, George. It's, I, I don't know what to tell you about the Mets. I, I really don't. Uh, I think if you're a Mets fan, you celebrate the fact that you, you from all reports, you're going to have a different owner next year. And things, maybe the culture will change. Things should turn on. I assume, whether it be Cohen uh, I, I listen just for the media sake of it, just for our able to talk. Please let it be A Rod and J Lo that buy the team. For please let it be these two. I I'll have a blast for the next you know decade or whatever. Uh, for, as far as uh, material to write about here, but whoever buys the team, you don't think is going to spend money and not treat the mess like it's a small market. So that that should be good news there. Like I said, I'm a Yankee fan. I don't know why. I've never understood what the Yankees and Mets hate each other so much as far as the fans do. I don't care what the Mets do. You know, uh, I don't. I care maybe four to six times a year when the two teams play each other. Oh, not the Mets win or lose. It really depends on my fantasy team, my DFS, and my gambling. You know, it's whether or not I'll, uh, I'll root against the Mets or for them. Other than that, I don't care. You know, a lot of times, I know last year Mets fans got on, on this uh, on this program because I think the Mets had won like nine in a row last year. And the one game I bet on them was the game they lost. So it was my fault, and I, I wasn't allowed to bet on the Mets anymore after that, uh, which was fine because the Mets were my bugaboo for a while. I could, couldn't get them right no matter what. Uh, so other than that, I don't care if the Mets were to lose. I don't. I never, I'll never. i never understand here why in New York it's like uh, so many Yankee and Mets fans go at each other. And let's face it, Mets fans, you really can't win the battle anyway. No. But, and that's honestly the only time I ever really start to get annoyed, admittedly, is – if they ever, when they rarely find themselves playing a little bit better than the Yankees, and they decide to take it too far and not act like they run the city in different, I mean, amount of, like, it's just. How many boy. of these do you like, have there, buddy? How 
overblown. It's so like this is the thing that I've always that's always cracked me up about the argument, right? Is they're like, ah, okay, twenty seven World Series, who cares? Right? But then they'll but they'll be the first ones to be like, Well, who went to a World Series more recently? You didn't even win. And you're allowed to say that, but we can't mention like, do you understand how silly that sounds? It's just but like whatever. It's that's cherry picking. It's, it's called it's cherry picking stats to make your argument. That that's all that is. Yeah. Uh, we do have an update, though, George. Coyotes, 2 nothing, Looking good, huh? 2 nothing, Coyotes, yeah. I mean, uh, this is a little bit of a surprise uh, as far as that. And Nashville, by the way, is going to be going on the penalty kill. I mean, if this game gets the 3 nothing. it's all over about the crying here. Predators don't have this kind of offense. They don't have the kind of offense that's going to come back from a multi-goal deficit here. Uh, Christian Dvorak scored the uh, goal for the uh, the Coyotes from Phil Kessel. So, uh Man, the Coyotes can get Phil Kessel going, too. Phil Kessel was a uh, a big import during the offseason. Pittsburgh had to move on. They had some salary cap problems. Uh, it looked like Kessel was going to be traded to the Minnesota Wild, but Kessel said, no, I don't want to go there. He wanted to go to, uh, to Arizona because I think he lives there or he has a home there, and he's very close with Rick Tockett, the head coach there. Uh, but he had a bad season. He just had a bad season. Now if he can start to pick up in the playoffs, like I said, the Coyotes can get Kessel going and Taylor Hall. If they're, an in, they're, not, they're not a cup team, don't get me wrong, but they're an interesting team then with Kemper and Nett. You know, they're a team that, once again, they'd be, I, I would say they're a better team than the Islands, but they'd be that team that no one wants to play because they could be an annoying little Nat team that doesn't go away, doesn't give you easy wins. They play that style of play where nothing's easy. Everything, you got to work for everything. And that's what the Coyotes have to do to win here. So uh, good start for the Coyotes and Predators, once again, just disappointing. I mean, it's every season we say this. They're, they're, right now, they're being disappointing again. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, the live lines right there, uh, minus 470 for the Coyotes. Total is five and a half. Uh, the puck line is minus 155 uh, for minus one and a half, of course, for the Coyotes. So it's uh, early returns for the Preds, not very good. Uh, on the NBA side of things, after one, 24-21, the Nets lead. They're now laying four and a half, which is up a point. The big update here, though, is the 217 and a half live total, which is 14 or so points off uh, of where that number closed. To me, uh, for you guys to get over this live number, you need about 57 points uh, a quarter over these next three quarters. For these two teams, it's very doable. The question is, do you wait to see the second quarter play out? Where if in the second quarter they go out there and they, you know, again, they completely lay an egg like they did in quarter number one, well, then, you know what, obviously you're not going to get value on that 217 and, and you chasing that number will result in a loss, especially if you're trying to, you know, double up there. Uh, if you wait and they go out there and they say put up a 60-point quarter, well, then you are going to miss the number by a bit, but considering, again, the fact that you need about 57, you really shouldn't miss it by, a much, by much. The thing here is with these two teams, and now maybe it's not true because I guess we're trying to figure out what's worse, their offense or their defense. So far, the answer is their offense is worse. So far, that's the answer. If it changes, though, these are the two type of teams where we could see 70, 75 points scored here in a quarter just because the, the shots might start to uh, get going and, of course, the way these teams are defensively. And I look at the fact that they actually uh, – we saw the quarter – uh, even in that final minute, have eight points, right? 
And you know, you guys can do the math of eight times twelve, right? Eight points a minute. That's a lot of points. They started to move a little bit. Okay. And we've already got an early bucket in this game. I think I'll wait. I think I'll be a little bit more cautious in my approach to the live total because I actually still think the 231 might have some life here. I think we could get a big quarter. But if you haven't backed it pregame, maybe you wait out as well and let this second half play out. Over to live baseball, George. Uh, let's see. Where do we have some runs? The Royals score first. My goodness. They did. We had an Alex, Alex Gordon signing. Remember Alex Gordon? He hit a home Many moons ago, first Alex season. Gordon. Honestly, Alex I, Gordon with the. I'm surprised he's, he's still there. I feel like they all left, right? All the main guys I from Stockton and Cincinnati. Contract, right? And they can't, they can't get rid of him. They, either they pay him or, yeah. uh, you know, I, I believe he's on a contract there. That's why he's there. Listen, he's not the same player he, uh, he once was. Uh, he was once oh. a, a pretty good player at one time. You know, now he's not that guy. So uh, that was really the only scoring change so far here. This is the one that I haven't told you. Alex Gordon is first of the year. Uh, right now the White Sox are up. They were running on first, one out in the top of the third. We are not getting the runs here that I was rooting oh. for. All right, we're going to run through two winnings here. So I, I need, we need something here. Uh, by the way, I was wrong. He's on the one-year, four-year, $4 million contract with the Royals this year. Gordon, so they, they could have moved on here. I guess for $4 million, which is cheap in uh, Major League Baseball standards, they held on to him. Yeah, uh, we also don't have a game that has both teams scoring yet, which is just, again, we're, we're early odd. in some of these games, but not a single game. Still, it's, it's where, odd. The five games, yeah. that's odd. Six games. So, something to, I guess, got to think the offense. Same is true in the hockey game as well, by the way. It is now 3 nothing Coyotes. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, 3 so nothing. hockey, do by the way, boys and girls, is an ass-kicking. What do you what do you do when the game is now this far gone, right? Well, I mean, if I'm a predator, if I'm a predator fan, I start drinking. You know, I'm gonna start doing some day drinking uh, because it's right. three nothing, man. It, it's not looking pretty here. I mean, the Coyotes are in your zone again. They're all over you. I mean, uh, I wonder. Not, they haven't made a goaltending change yet, but Pekarene, I imagine, starts the second period. I think that's almost a lock here. The latest goal was Clayton Keller. On the power play for Christian Dvorak again. Dvorak has two points in this game. What do I do here as far as the gambling sense here? I do wonder if eventually the Coyotes are going to be a team that just sits on the lead. Like I said, I don't. I didn't think. I didn't think the Predators could score three goals in this game anyway. They were to win, it was going to be three-two. So I don't think they can get the four. I think uh, Arizona also realizes that. Don't be stupid here. Don't do any stupid. Don't give them any easy goals. Stay out of the box here. Play more of a defensive style. I think that's what's going to happen here. So I don't. This is not once again. This is not the Blackhawks and Edmonton yesterday when we saw all those early goals and you knew it was going to lead to an explosion. Where it was going to be eight, nine, ten goals scored. This will. I don't think this will be that. This game is three nothing right now. A four one final doesn't, doesn't shock me here, Kev. You know, I think that's what, probably what we're leaning towards here. Four two, something like that. Uh, I think we're going to see a ton more goals here. I think Arizona's going to more clamp it down, and Nashville doesn't have the kind of offenses. They don't have the offense where they can open it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'll be uh, that'll be an interesting one to follow. And I think as well, what'll be interesting to me, George, is the second time we see a Predators Coyotes line, and if there's a massive overreaction to that opening game. All right, we hit a break. We come back. We'll get you set. Uh, for some three o'clock games, we'll check it, take a look at that window next year on In Game Live. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. Lily Herman, my co-host in season one, helped me choose a team. A driver, and then... Well, we sent you on your jolly way. Yeah. I'm Tony Cameron brown a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. I'm Michael Costa, comedian, Daily Show correspondent. And we're back with season two, because as it turns out, F1's newest fan is still a little... Dazed and confused. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1 as we dive deeper into the rabbit hole of the pinnacle of motorsports. Who makes money here? What's CFD? How do you manage a tire? You, get back in there. What are the rumors? What's the gossip? But you also know that someone's listening to your radio. Uh, I'm going to pull up a picture of a tea cozy. I, I want to see what this thing looks like. Are you going to be doing that accent this whole pod? Listen to season two of Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts. Or wherever you get your podcast. You find it. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Dow of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali back in 1988, and to my great surprise, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on family, spirituality, and on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ, including people such as Reverend Al Sharpton and James Buster Douglas. We'll even hear from Muhammad's daughter, Rashida. Well, my dad was, he was Peter Pan. Like, he never really grew up. He was very mature when it came down to social issues. He was very in tune. He felt a responsibility to be able to share his connection to millions of people who were in need. In each of these stories, we share lessons. Lessons that have meant a great deal to me and that I hope will be meaningful to you. Listen to The Dow of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Julian Edelman from Games with Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time. I'm talking Hall of Famers, MVPs, gold medalists. I absolutely hate the Colts, bro. This game, I swear, led to the deflategate. Hey, guys, this ball's a little flat. <laughs> Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Julian walking around. I'm pretty sure he had his shirt off for reasons I'm not sure. He was saying, gotta believe. Oh, you gotta believe. From 18-1 with Eli. Are you calling Bill just a cheater? Is that what you're I'm saying right saying now? He's, he's looking for an advantage. The 2004 ALCS with Big Poppy. The Red Sox in 2004 bounced back after the 3-0 in a winner chicken dinner. Homie. The immaculate reception with Terry Bradshaw. Fired the ball. I hear the roar of the crowd. I never thought he caught the ball, but he did. We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Right back here on In Game Live, Kevin Walsh and George Kurtz uh, with you guys again up until 4 o'clock today. A lot of action we'll get to cover in the next bit of action, George. That is going to be getting set uh, to go at 3 o'clock will be the Boston Bruins 
as minus 130 favorites against the Philadelphia Flyers, a game that features a five and a half total. But the big note for this game is that it is uh, part of these round robin seeding games, and this is not an elimination playoff. Yes, this is a. Uh, I don't know if you want to call it the silliness of the NHL, whatever. I mean, I get it. You know, they went to a twenty. You know, the NHL players are sixteen teams. Now, anybody who knows of any kind of bracket system, you go eight, sixteen, thirty-two. That's how you break it down so it all works out even. Uh, twenty-four doesn't work. You know, with the NHL in their infinite wisdom, I guess they didn't want to have teams complaining, bitching. Oh, we would have made the playoffs. We would have played the last eight, nine games. So they decided to pretty much include everybody. But don't kid yourself. One of the reasons why the NHL did this is because this allows three of their original six teams. The NHL's big on the original six. Uh, but, you know, it's really a big, big PR for the team. And they get three of these teams in the playoffs by going to 24. Those three teams are Montreal, uh, Montreal Canadiens, which is in the NHL, Montreal is the equivalent of the New York Yankees in baseball, Dallas Cowboys in football, Lakers in basketball. They're that kind of team there. They get in. Chicago, obviously a major media market, and the New York Rangers get in. So you're talking the New York Yankees of uh, of, uh, of hockey get in and two major media markets. That's really what drove this. But to do this, this means that four teams in each conference had to have what is essentially a buy. What bothers me, I, and that doesn't bother me, Kev. I can understand that. What bothers me, though, is that the Boston Bruins, and listen, I hate the Boston Bruins. All right, I hate Brad Marchand. He's the dirtiest player, I think, in all sports. You brought, brought up Burfecht uh, earlier. He's worse than Burfecht. Uh, because at least Burfecht, I think, would stand up for himself. Uh, Marchand will do stuff and run. Because you've got to just drop the gloves. But anyway, uh, a team like Boston had a 10-point lead for the best record overall. They, listen, they were going to be the best team, have the number one seed. Now they have to play this three-game round-robin tournament, where if they have a couple of bad games, they go suddenly be the fourth seed. It's not fair. I mean... I understand people say, well, there's no perfect way to do it. No, but how can you make everybody play from scratch? I mean, at the very least, shouldn't you just go and maybe, maybe give the, put them in order of the, the, the bye week, the bye teams, the round robin teams. Boston had the best record, they get four points. Tampa Bay, second best, three points. Washington, two points. Philadelphia, one point. And then now have them play it out. And it's so like Boston gets their advantage again. They'll probably win first place, which is well they should. So that's what bothers me about this. Uh, Fine, it's my little rant. I wanted to go on it, and I did. Uh, as for this game, these games are going to be tough to judge because essentially, Kev, they don't mean much. Yes, they mean something for seeding, but hey, Kevin Walsh, you're the coach here. You've got a player who's a little banged up. Are you worried about getting him healthy, let him sit an extra four or five days or a week, or winning a seeding game? We'll wait to see that. Boys is going to have to make that choice of Pasternak. Pasternak may or may not have had COVID. He did some silly things, which he admits that he did some silly things that had him quarantined further. So is he is his conditioning up here? Stan Coach of a Lightning in a different round robin game. Uh, he's he's out tomorrow. He's not going to play core injury. And I think once again, I think they're playing it safe here. They want him healthy for the playoffs, which will be the next round for them, not these round robins. Uh, so I don't know how hard the team's going to be playing for this. Tuka Rask not going to play. He's the starting goaltender of Boston. Not going to play today. Because he's banged up. Uh, Halak, who's had a good season as well, is going to be in net there. So I, these games are weird to me. Uh, Carter Hart was in, uh, hurt earlier on in the, uh, the, the ramp up, but he's fine now. I'll give the edge to Philadelphia here. But anyone who tells you they truly have a feel for these round-robin games is kidding themselves. We can't have a feel. We don't know how hard these teams are going to play. Are they going to play a full game? Are, they gonna, are their ice minutes going to be the same here? Or is the goal just, yeah, we'd like to win, but it's much more important to get through it healthy. 
And then the question, I guess, is do you think the the answer then might be trying to bet it live? You get to watch the game, see the flow. But yes, really, will you even be able to draw enough from it then, George? Do you think you will still be able to be able to say, okay, at least I can now see that they're doing it this boom, 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 and then maybe live will be the way we play it? I think live's a better way. You know, I don't know if it's, it's the I wouldn't know if it's the right way. Listen, I think Phil W is in better shape here. Mentioned they're not going to have Tuka Rask, and Halak has played well. He has, but he's not Tuka Rask. Tuka Rask is a, a top flight goaltender who's played very well in playoffs, and oh, and he's played very well in playoffs, and in uh, when the games mean something. I, this is technically not a playoff. Even these uh, the other games are not playoff games. They're play in games. The stats don't count towards the playoffs. They don't count towards the regular season. They're their own little thing. For what it's worth here, uh, but it's essentially a playoff round, but not for Philadelphia and Boston. They have they're playing next round no matter what. So I'm just going by the fact that no Tuka Rask. I don't know if Pasternak is going to be totally in condition to play 19 minutes a game. Don't know. Maybe yes, maybe no. We'll see how that works out here. So uh, I give Philadelphia the edge here. But yes, in a perfect world, I'd like to watch this game, watch a period or two before making any final judgments on these round robin games. That's why, for the most part, I will bet. The play-in games, because I know those teams are taking it seriously. They have to, or else they're going to be going home playing golf in two weeks. But these round-robin games, I'm going to, I'm going to need to watch first. Yeah, no, I think that that's a, it's a good call. It's a good distinction to make. I'll ask you this: from what you know of the sport, right? If guys were going to be a bit more sluggish or lack focus, right, entering these exhibition-ish games. Seeding games is the better way to put it. If they were going to be, would it lean more offense or more defense? I think it would probably – when you're on offense, you always want to score. So I think it would really add to more offense. I don't think it's – when I think of sluggish or not playing maybe the way they should, it's not in the offensive zone. Everybody wants to score. It's just fun. But maybe you don't skate back as hard. right? Maybe you're not back-checking. You know uh, – that, that sort of thing. I think that's definitely where it is. You know, you're not going to get that, that late wing that's coming in. There's a lot of three-on-twos, which can lead to goal-scoring opportunities. Uh, maybe you're taking a little bit more, even when you're in the defensive zone. Maybe instead of covering your guy, you're net hanging a little bit. And what, though that means somebody who's you know, standing behind the defense trying to get that quick outlet pass to get a breakaway. You know, I just think you're always leaning more offense than defense in these sort of situations, which can lead to a lot of goals. That's why I would also lead to the lean towards the over in these games as well. The, once again, we're talking the round robin games, not the play-in games. Yeah, and that is the distinction to make. Uh, it'll be fun to follow, though. I'm, you know, I, my dad's a big Flyers fan, so I'm sure he's very excited to watch uh, his team go out there. And uh, you know, if they beat the Bruins, look at the end of the day. Who I, I would like to think the team, though, George, that comes away from these games as the one seed probably feels a bit of mo- momentum that they because even if. Right, we feel like ah, it doesn't matter that much. If you win the games, it'll feel good. Oh, it'll definitely feel good. And uh, I assume you're going to want the one seed, but we don't know who's going to win the other. It's not the bracket yet, right? The playing round to see who you're going to play. Maybe if some weird teams win, maybe you don't want the number one seed. Maybe you're better off with uh, some others. Uh, I mean, listen, if Pittsburgh wins, well, you don't want to be the fourth seed, right? I mean, you, you don't want to play Pittsburgh first round. That would be rough. Uh, that really would. They're, you know, they're a good team here. But if you know if Montreal wins, well, then you definitely want the one seed because you'll take your chances against Carey Price in the seven-game series, where your your team is technically more well rested because you haven't played meaningful as many meaningful games. You know, you're only playing three here. That's another thing to bring out in the round robin. You're playing as much only 
the most you can play is three games. Playing one game against every other team. Obviously, in a five-game series, you could play five games. You could play three, mm-hmm. four, five. So theoretically, once again, the round-robin team should be more well-rested. And I think that's going to be a bit of a key because I do expect a, a bunch of injuries here. And I'm not talking the Shifley one, the Lunay from last night. That That's going to happen anywhere. Some guy gets cut with a skate. Some guy gets uh, you know a hand injury because I don't know how he got the hand. He fell on it while bracing himself or something like that. That's going to happen. But I think as we go on here, Kev, I think we're going to hear a lot of uh, soft tissue injuries. You know, the hamstring, the groin, calf injuries from guys, once again, ramping it up hard if they're not skating as much in the last four and a half, five months. Yeah, uh, I think that that's a good point. It'll be good stuff to follow, undoubtedly. Update, guys, to you uh, over on the court right now. It is 41-39. The Wizards have taken the lead back there. The total is up to 222.5. The offenses have picked it up, undoubtedly, in that game. Hopefully, they can continue to do so and get us back on pace where we were. Uh, hoping it would be pre-game, uh, and that'll be big right now. You look at it from the, the Wizards' perspective, Thomas Bryant is doing a lot of uh, good work for this team right now. And uh, again, for perspective, in the first six minutes or so of this quarter, a shade over first six, the Wizards scored 20 points uh, in this quarter. They scored 21 in the first quarter. So it does go to show that there had to be a little bit of regression that came for these two teams, and uh, they're just there had to pretty much be more offense put out there on the court. So that's a good thing to see, and it'll be something that we will, of course, continuously follow for you here on uh, the show. We finally have a couple of games, George, that have both teams now scored. The White Sox got a run, as well as the Tampa Bay Rays, and those games are now knotted up at 1-1. Yeah, yeah, we finally got some scores here, so that's good news for us, right? Uh, The Rays have scored. Thank God the Rays have scored. This is, like, immense (laughs) for me, right? (laughs) I'm getting so angry with the uh, uh, with the Rays here. So they've scored here. I did not see how they scored, but they finally get on the board. They tied Baltimore in the sixth. Uh, the White Sox have also just scored. I know Abreu let off the inning with the double. He was just singled in by somebody. We got first and second now. Nobody out for the White Sox. Maybe we get our runs here. You know, I would mm-hmm. certainly enjoy that as well. Uh, Minnesota Twins now have a two nothing lead over the Cleveland Indians. Uh, so we're getting some scores here, but overall this day, I know it's still early. But it's three o'clock Eastern. It's a low-scoring day. Yeah, very, very low-scoring thus far. Um, yeah, and that's the thing with base. Like, this is the weird thing about sport, right? In that, does what happens in the Rays Orioles game matter in the White Sox Royals game? No, right? But we tend to feel like it will, right? And what will happen is if we leave all of these games here that are being played at around you know one two o'clock. With all unders. Well, then we're going to get to this four o'clock slate, and undoubtedly we're going to be like, "All right, there's got to be runs here." Like, and I know it doesn't connect, but it—it just there's no way the whole day goes under. I agree. You tend to—it's uh, you know, the law of averages, right? You're not going to have—I know—I know there's a bunch of uh, cancellations today. You're not going to have 11 games go under. Right, we don't think we're going to have it anyway. Uh, Castellanos, by the way, having a monster day against his former team. This has to feel good. Did he hit a grandstand against the Cubs this week as well? So it's a former uh, team day for Castellanos. He has two home runs today, a two home, a two runner oh, wow. and a uh, single, solo shot. So, uh, like I said, Nick Castellanos hot. Three nothing Reds here as well against the Tigers. Bottom of the third. Yeah. Oh boy, they're gonna they're gonna get us, aren't they? In the, in the night game, George. They better not, Kev. 
be very happy that you're not on the show. We're not on the show together if, that, if this happens. Because I'm, I'm going to bet Bauer. I am going to do it. I know. And I know I am. Lord too. knows. Lord knows. If it, oh, God. It's going to be my fault, by yeah, the way, because yeah. I said I won't bet the Reds, and I'm doing it anyway. Yeah, but you know what? It's not our fault. What else could you do? Come on now. All right, that's two hours done. We got one more to go next year on Endgame Live. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. We did, but honestly, I was left with more questions than answers, Tony. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. And I'm Michael Costa, comedian from The Daily Show. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1. Our F1 102, if you will. And get all of the answers. All of them? Listen to Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Julian Edelman from Games With Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time with the players and coaches who lived in them. Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Or what about the the after parties? We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games With Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali in 1988, and surprisingly, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story, and also stories of others touched by the champ. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.